step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's September 24th, 2017. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember that good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. To be sure, each and every member of the leadership team of Working for a Living is committed to returning our union, the UAW, to a labor ethos, and that ethos then administered in the interests of all the rank-and-file members. Having said that, we certainly hope that everyone had an enjoyable weekend and that you had a lot of fun and, and stayed safe. Announcements. The first announcement is GM workers at the GM Cami assembly plant in Ontario are on strike. Team working for 11 fully supports Unifor Local 88 in their efforts. We should have more on that later in our show. I think you'll find this an interesting show tonight, brothers and sisters, other listeners. Announcement two, please take note of the local union 88 strike assistance post on Facebook. We'll have a little more on that as well uh, in the email section. Uh, announcement number three, remember that Team Working for a Living supports Medicare for Everyone and removing the cap of $127,000 on earnings that are subject to participation in the Social Security program. A reminder that there is a petition on our page to sign in support of Medicare for All. Obviously, you can call your senator and legislators, uh, House representatives uh, in your, from your area, and uh, encourage them to support it as well. Announcement number four, Team Working for a Living continues to oppose the Working Families Flexibility Act. Now, number five, Team Working for a Living continues to stand shoulder to shoulder with the Michigan building trades against the legislation introduced to repeal Michigan's prevailing wage. They have renewed their request to decline to sign any petition you are presented with anything that has uh, to do with a prevailing wage. Uh, Announcement number six, as a reminder that Unifor, the Labor Union of Canada, has asked that the right to work rules be abolished as a condition of NAFTA renegotiations. Announcement seven, remember there's a reminder that there's no offer on the table for Uh, FCA at this time. Announcement eight, Kia suspends daily scheduled overtime of all of its Korean plants in response to a court ruling that it must include bonuses and lunch allowances in calculating regular wages. Announcement number nine, GM Korea, meanwhile, is hit by partial strikes that are playing havoc with the automaker's production schedules. Announcement number 10, General Motors is laying off more than 250 employees in Canada where uh, where about 2,800 unionized auto workers have been on strike since late Sunday last week. Announcement number 11, the two Lordstown locals are merging. UAW Local 1714 will be absorbed into UAW Local 1112. Please watch for meeting times where details will be provided for you. Announcement number 12, uh, GM is going to furlough uh, shift operations at its Spring Hill facility. The effective date is expected to be after the Thanksgiving weekend. 
more to follow. It's still in its uh, uh, formulation of all of what's going on down there uh, and how the other two shifts are going to be affected. Announcement number 13, the President of the United States has nominated Attorney uh, Peter Robb to serve as General Counsel for the National Labor Relations Board. It is worthy of note that Attorney Robb was President Reagan's lead attorney that led to the union busting of the Air Traffic Controllers Union. All one can say is he's back. Announcement number 14, Governor Snyder, Republican of Michigan, has signed into law that allows candidates to raise unlimited funds through super PACs. Announcement 15, the Michigan Civil Service Commission has voted to place new limits on on union bargaining. Representative Tim Grimmel, Democrat from Auburn Hills, said the rule leaves state employees with collective bargaining rights in name only. Announcement number 16, the feds have disclosed that UAW and FCA execs laundered money through a fake hospice center. Okay, Uh, we have some email here, so we'll get to the first one. Uh, Jeff and David did a good job when Leroy's having mic issues. Uh, that was from Pennsylvania. Uh, they do a good good job all the time. You just don't see it from Pennsylvania. Uh, announcement number two. Hey, Jeff, looking forward to this week's Constitution series. That's from Texas. Uh, he's, he's doing a nice job on that. And, of course, everybody's supporting him his effort to do that. Announcement three. They raised union dues to support strikers. Why are we being asked to help these strikers from Missouri? Well, uh, brother, uh, strikers uh, that you were asked to support aren't in our system in the UAW. They're from Unifor in Canada, first of all. Secondly, even if they were from our union, $200 a week is about the strike pay. So uh, that's not a lot of money. And there's a lot of people that fall through the cracks in such a strike. So uh, we really need to act with solidarity when these things come up. And uh, I hope that you now see uh, the the value of that. And we appreciate your email, but please understand that uh, that's uh, that's the reason uh, we want to help support our brothers and sisters, especially the auto workers from another country that we have a lot of affinity with. Email four, I was shocked to hear about the health care and even more shocked about the pensions. That's from Ohio. A lot of people don't know what's going on with the pensions, and it's sad. Uh, Even some of the benefit reps don't fully understand what's going on. So stay in touch and stay tuned. We we cover this from time to time. Uh, Email number five, uh, keep up the great work. We all need this show. Uh, That was many emails from around the world uh, said that, and we – Thank you for emailing those in, and uh, we intend to keep going. So thanks to all of you email writers. Uh, up next is this week's quote. Um, With but few exceptions, it is always the underdog who wins through sheer willpower. That's Johnny Weissmiller's quote, and a little bit about him. While working as an elevator operator and a bellboy, in an Illinois athletic club, Weissmiller caught the eye of swim coach William Bachrock, who began training him. Johnny Weissmiller went on to be a five-time Olympic gold winner for swimming. Well, let's bring on our co-hosts, Jeff Brown and David Fillion. Bring David on first. Hi, David. How are you doing? Pretty good, Leroy. How are you? I'm pretty good been pretty busy around here this week but you know it's always busy so we're uh happy uh that uh, uh we continue to uh uh stay busy with all of this that's going on and stay ahead of it for the most part uh jeff are you there yeah hi guys hi brother hey guys hey guys how you doing uh i'm okay jeff if you don't mind out I'll, I'll turn this over to Jeff for a couple minutes. How about that? You, you got the ball, Jeff. Okay. Okay, just let me know when you're back on, Leroy. Okay, we're, we're starting off at Article 6 of the International Constitution. Um, like I said, you can find this at uaw.org. Just click on the link about, 
and it will show you the drop-down menu, and you can just click on the Constitution. So number six concerns membership. This is a very long article. We won't do it all tonight. We're going to break it up in sections. Section one, the International Union shall be composed of all workers eligible for membership in the International Union, United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural Implement Workers of America, UAW. Section two, any person eligible to become a member of the International Union who is not affiliated with any organization whose principles and philosophy are contrary to those of this international union as outlined in the preamble of the Constitution, may apply for membership to the local union having jurisdiction over the workplace in which he or she is employed. The applicant must, at the time of application, be an actual worker in and around the workplace. All applicants for membership in any local union of the International Union shall fill out an official application provided by the International Union. Answering all these questions contained in such application and signing a promise to abide by all laws, rules, regulations, and the constitution of the International Union. Jeff, I think, is that a break there, Jeff? Is that a break in in what you're reading? Just I, give me one more okay, all applications must receive shall be referred to the local union for consideration and be acted upon as soon as possible, but not later than 60 days from the date the application is received by the financial secretary of the local union. Okay, Leroy, spring on okay. the guest. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Uh, before I bring him on, I want to make a little statement here. Uh, we talked about this in our team call and, and privately uh, between each other throughout the week, and we wanted to make a strong statement on behalf of our brothers and sisters uh, in Unifor Local 88. Uh, to begin, Team Working for a Living fully supports Unifor Local Union 88 as they represent the best interest of their members. The parties should all take note that the notion of the UAW continuing to have a company ethos in which inhumane workloads, alternative work schedules, attacks on retiree health care and pensions, and as many as six wage tiers exist in the workplace are a thing of the past, and that a returning of our UAW to a labor ethos is fully underway. Having said that, uh, in support of the the two brothers that are coming on here in just a second, um, I'd like to introduce the uh, leadership of Unifor Local 88. We're going to bring on President Don Borthwick and Bargaining Chair Mike Van Bokel. Please welcome them to Working for a Living, and we thank you, brothers, for coming on tonight. Hi, Mike and, and Dan. Hello. Good Thank evening. Hey. So we have uh, David and Jeff. They're going to kind of sit in, in uh, mute mode for the moment. And uh, as you – how about if I bring uh, the, the president, Don, uh, uh, into the conversation first so that you might address the, list, the listeners with anything you want to discuss here, Don. Uh, just uh, first of all, just like uh, we're honored to be a part of the, uh, the show and, and to uh, relate our story to uh, people across uh, the United States and Canada and around the world. Thank you for being on. Uh, we are uh, absolutely pleased to have you on our show this evening, and everybody has been talking about it pretty much most of the week. So do you have... Uh, Anything that you care to share about uh, uh, what's going on uh, at okay, the GM so, Go ahead. So uh, we've been negotiating for the past uh, month uh, really seriously for the past two, two or three weeks, and we had a deadline of uh, September 17th, 10.59 p.m. Uh, last Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, uh, 
We were unable to reach a tentative agreement for our members that addressed uh, very important issues around job security, economics, and contract language in the, in the plant. Uh, so as a result, uh, our members have been on strike since last Sunday, uh, and we're getting close to uh, concluding our first week on the picket lines. The membership has been very positive and very supportive uh, behind the uh, bargaining committee. Uh, the community uh, of Ingersoll and surrounding area has also been very supportive of our uh, struggles and also other uh, workplaces, labor groups, affiliates, uh, nurses, firefighters, teachers, uh, other factories have all been uh, coming out to the line and providing tremendous support to uh, the members as we work through our struggles to achieve uh, job security in our plant and address economic uh, items and issues and also contract uh, language that affects the sh how the, the, the shop floor functions. Okay. Okay, that's a uh, big job, isn't it? That's something you take lightly, is it, President? Uh, go ahead, Mike. No, uh, that's Mike here. I'm the plant chair and also the chair of the bargaining committee. No, it's not something we take light whatsoever. We have 2,800 members. Uh, we've got about 350 retirees, so we don't have a big retiree group. Our plant will be 30 years old next year, so we're in terms of longevity, we're not that long a plant. But uh, we are three shifts. We've been working six days a week for nine years, mandatory overtime, 24 hours a day. We're three shifts. And just for a bit of a history, our plant has been booming. We build uh, for GM the Equinox on the train. Uh, we've won every JD Power Award, the Quality Awards, four of the last five years. We've been awarded with the most efficient plant in North America as per the Harbor Standards, which is one of the Bibles of the industry. And then in January this year, they informed us that they're taking the train and moving it to Mexico. It left on July 1st. It caused a uh, job loss of 600 people. Um, there was no reason for it other than, I'll say, pure corporate greed. They pay the Mexican workers, uh, I mean, they tell us $3 an hour U.S., so it's not much above poverty. Uh, you could never do it here. We can't compete with that kind of wage, but our membership's done everything right. We've answered the call six days a week for nine years, and our reward is they take our, our truck and move it out of the country and leave us with a big hole. And uh, we're down to, uh, what well, was 600 jobs less with an Equinox that sells very well, but it leaves a lot of people wondering, what do you got to do to try and uh, lock up product? Correct. I, I happen to have purchased the 2017 Equinox, and I have to tell you, brothers, and, and all the members at uh, your local, I have had just about any type of car that uh, Chevrolet, Oldsmobile builds over the years, and this is by far the best vehicle I've ever had. There's been faster, there's been prettier, but this is by far, and I actually wrote about that on my news feed here a while back, by far the best vehicle I've ever, ever owned. So you folks are doing an amazing job of building this vehicle up there. So uh, kudos to all of you. Uh, is, I know you can't share much about the goings on in the negotiations, uh, and that's actually... Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if it's by Canadian law, but it, it, as you negotiate, it's not supposed to be public. I know you've been criticized by at least one uh, news organization for not being open and forthright with the negotiating process, but those things are all set, as you know, back uh, when the local uh, resolutions for what the membership would like to have, uh, and that's, that drives what you do in the, in the uh, bargaining, at the bargaining table. Uh, so I want to dispel the idea that your secrecy is something that you're trying to hide something uh, and want to stick up for you in your efforts to continue to negotiate for the membership's wishes in their interest. And uh, would, would you say that's a fair assessment, brother? Yeah, I would say it's 100% accurate. We do have meetings. We have a uh, bargaining meeting where we go through all the proposals. They're voted on by the membership. They're fully supported. And then once the bargaining process, as anyone's been through it, uh, they understand what you might have today. You might give up two days to get something even more important. So until it's all locked in, we do try and keep it tight. But I like to think our membership has our back 100%, so we have theirs 100%. We're bargaining 
absolutely things that were on the table that they passed, um, and we're trying to get the best possible contract that we obviously think we can get. Um, if not, we could have brought back something last Sunday and have them vote on it, but we don't think it's the best contract out there. We don't think it's remotely the best, and we think taking this stand was the only alternative we had for our membership. It's, it's, the goal was never to go on strike, but the goal is to get the best contract possible, and we weren't that close last Sunday. Thank you. Uh, I, I know you're working hard and likely working around the clock, uh, not only uh, trying to ne negotiate with the uh, company, but also making sure that your leadership team and all of your members uh, are uh, uh, to the degree that they can be appraised of what's going on and, uh, and the uh, status of uh, the negotiations as they go. Oh. Like I'm gonna say to just on that, our our bargaining committee, we we uh, we're out on the picket lines daily at uh, each of the gates, uh, meeting with our members, uh, sharing ideas, discussing where we are, and uh, like I said before, the and Mike said the the membership is 100% uh, behind us. They they know the issues. They they've lived the issues for uh, many years, and they understand that we need to have something fix going forward so that not only the current members are protected but uh, we can establish a future for their children and maybe their grandchildren so we 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 the membership uh, understands and fully endorses uh, uh, the proposals that we passed and in, in the ongoing bargaining process that we have in place good that's good to know and it's and you know it's good hearing that from the, the both of you as as well because I know you're under some uh, scrutiny uh, here by one, at least one of the news media's uh, folk or, or organizations, I should say. Uh, so let put that to bed. Um, you know, we, we we talk about some things on our radio show from time to time that you might be interested in knowing as you uh, are in the negotiating process here. Uh, just by way of information, let me bring two things to your attention. Uh, one is. Uh, we've uh, long held that uh, you can't pair up two tier, tier one countries with a th uh, third world country, essentially, and expect that there be some sort of parity within that. When, when this all happened back in 1993, December 8th, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that thought this was, you know, a great thing, but uh, yours truly and a number of uh, people are around us did not think so, and we hold today the idea that any uh, products coming from Mexico have a surcharge placed on them, and that money then returned to Mexico so that they can raise their own standard. Uh, you know, it might be something that you can think about or talk about with others, but if that's uh, the problem is global agreement on tax and tariff, we're all signatories of that, and uh, we cannot add a tariff, unlike our current president blustering about he wants to put a tariff on things. Because of GATT, is simply uh, impossible as long as we're a signatory of that. Uh, but we can put a surcharge on the product and send the surcharge back to the, the country of origin. That stops the dumping of products from these uh, third world countries, not just Mexico, but you know, China and Vietnam and any number of those third world countries that are sending product into our countries and uh, just taking off the jobs and the money in our countries. Um, the, uh, uh, the other issue that I'd like to bring to your attention is we have been made aware that there's something called a uh, dead peasants insurance. That's where the most Fortune 500 companies buy life insurance at a very high premium on their retirees. And when the retirees pass away, that money in an in insurance benefit is paid non-taxable into the executive suite pension fund. We found out that Mark Fields from Ford we found this out in April. I spoke about it on the Capitol steps of the state of Michigan uh, uh, building on May 1st uh, about how he had an $858 million 
pension fund, almost a billion dollars. And that's money that should have gone to the stakeholders, stakeholders being the government, in which if they had not siphoned it off as an, at an expense, would have gotten a bite out of the apple. The shareholders, obviously us as employees and members, and then the communities in which these uh, companies exist. Uh, armed with that information, you may have a little more leverage against the company. Also, to understand that there's a change in the wind. They need to understand that the idea that they're going to have a company union or a union with a company ethos, that's just uh, a thing of the past now. It just is. They need to understand that. So with those th uh, two three things said and the reiteration that this is no longer a, a company union, but it's becoming a labor ethos union once again. I hope that can help you as you go forward in your negotiations with these, this company. And, and other, uh, others that are watching, other unions need to take this, this shift in the ethos of unionism in our country, in the United States at least. And that should support you better as you go forward in these negotiations. I would also like to note one other thing that was brought to our attention by uh, another Canadian worker, I won't, uh, sister, I won't say her name just because it's probably not, to call, not good to call her out, but she was uh, very clear that uh, when the Canadian uh, negotiations go on, that typically lead the way in 88, and everybody else then uh, are, uh, benefits by whatever you're able to get for them. So, uh, as you go forward, we certainly want to give you the very best wishes from all of us here in the United States, because what you're doing there affects the rest of the Canadian locals, but it also is going to affect us and make it just that much easier to bring labor ethos back to our union here as well. So um, just, that's just a few things that I wanted to add to what you've already said. I hope that helps. Uh, do you think that might help you, uh, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do t take a look at everything. I found that uh, dead peasants insurance very interesting. I have not heard of that. I will definitely be looking into that. But, yeah, and I do agree with what you said. Uh, and with that, the sister, I don't know who it is, obviously, but who, that sister that called that uh, we are a standalone plant, so we always bargain after the big three uh, historically in Canada one year later. That's the way we've been set up. So we do try and leapfrog them in certain areas and then hopefully – allows them the opportunity to leapfrog us. So we try and get to the table really twice every four years. And, and I do believe that, that the better you can do for your members can definitely expand and help out uh, not only the locals in Canada, but hopefully some, hopefully the big picture in the, in the United States as well. Yeah, we, we hope that this starts making a turn, this great big uh, ocean liner that we have that's been going the wrong direction for a long time, that just starts to turn the rudder of this ship and gets it going back to the proper direction. So uh, is there anything else that you uh, gentlemen like to add? Uh, is there anything that we have, you know, to cover yet that uh, affects your, your members? Would you like to shout out to uh, the, the folks? I don't know if you're getting any money from the, the uh, folks here in the States yet or not, uh, but if you want to give a shout out and, to them and, and uh, uh, you know, send another request out there, I'll be reposting that early in the week again. You, I believe you saw that post on Facebook because I sent you the links. So. Yep. Uh, is there anything yep, you'd like we, to say in addition? Yeah, we've we've seen it, and, and uh, like I, we said earlier, we appreciate all the support we've been getting from around the world, the states, uh, actually even Mexico, uh, the rest of Canada, the the locals, uh, unions in our area, the people in our area, and, and it's been tremendous amount of, of uh, support uh, from the entire community. As you're aware, uh, the, the auto industry, when we do stuff, we're usually the ones that get, get, are the first ones to be beat on by the media uh, and, and different uh, sources. But uh, this time around, I, I believe we've uh, picked on, picked on a, a, a topic that nobody can uh, defend, and that is job security. Uh, providing job security not only for our workers uh, here, but the supplier plants that uh, supply our, 
uh, plant and the, and the community in which we live that we we put money back into the community. So uh, we've 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 got a a, a good argument and a top-notch uh, issue with the job security. If we can't, our plant can't hold product and, and maintain it at high efficiencies, then no plant in this, in this world will be able to do it, and we'll all be losing our jobs soon. So I just want to reiterate uh, a big thank you, thank you, thank you to uh, anyone and everyone that has supported our cause so far. Thank you, brother, for uh, recognizing everybody. Uh, and we hope to uh, have even more support coming as we uh, get get more and more traction with the issue and how important this strike in Canada is to each and every auto worker in North America. Uh, yes. Dan, Don, do you have anything else to add? I just got to say you just you just mentioned it's each and every auto worker in in North America. Our, this battle isn't amongst the auto workers. This battle is with corporations and and so-called free trade agreements that are corporate trade agreements that uh, exploit workers and 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 are a tool for corporate greed. So just reiterate, this isn't about our uh, is not a fight with workers. It's a fight with corporations and governments that have not looked after the people they represent for many years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I, I didn't mean to in, uh, imply at all that it was about workers, but rather in their interest. Or strike is oh, in I their agree. interest. Yeah, yep. yeah. If, uh, I'll give you an opportunity to say anything you want, Don, beyond uh, anything we've already talked about, and then I'll give Mike the same opportunity, and then I will wish you the very best. But go, go ahead, Don, anything at all. Well, I just like it, just uh, thank you guys for allowing us to uh, bring our issue to the forefront uh, through this medium, and uh, we'll keep up the fight, and we appreciate the support. Thank you. Well, yeah, just uh, this is Mike again. Uh, just want everyone to know we got 2,800 members out there, and don't ever underestimate your uh, membership. Keep them in the light. Let them know what's going on. Keep them uh, educated and appraised of what's really going on, and they've got your back like you've never seen. And it, it makes it a lot easier to argue with the corporations on a small table when you got 2,800 standing behind you and you're just a voice. It makes it a lot easier. But thank you very much for having us on the show. It's greatly appreciated. You're welcome. Let me, I'd be remiss if I didn't let, I know Jeff and David have some uh, thoughts that they'd like to bring uh, to the fore regarding your issue. So please stand by if you would. I'm a little remiss. I should have brought them in before I uh, give you that last opportunity. You have another opportunity after them. But uh, Jeff, you got any uh, comments you'd like to make there, brother? Questions? I just have have a question. Um, does Canada still have the anti-strike replacement law under effect? Well, they can't bring in... Uh, uh, no, every province is uh, different. Uh, in actually, in Ontario, they do. They, we don't have any anti-scab uh, legislation, uh, so it is it is up to us as members to hold tight on the lines. And I, I'll have to say, this time, uh, the corporation has made a decision not to uh, try to enter the plant, and so we are are. Uh, picket lines at the four different gates have been very uh, peaceful and we've been able to stick to our, our main message of job security, economics and contract language need to be ad addressed. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I know here in Michigan late last year, um, Governor Snyder signed a bill on the law where um, workers who strike companies here in Michigan, uh, we can't tell the picket line. If we do, the one person's loan can be fined $10,000 a day, and the local community can be fined um, a lot more than that. Um, this, this is in Michigan, right, the automobile capital of the world, and it just amazes me that we have that rule here in Michigan. That's all I have. I was, I was just going to say, we're, we're, uh, we're uh, how would I put it? We're, 
we're not really concerned about fines and whether it's illegal or legal. If we need to do something, we usually do it first and worry about ramifications later. That's one of our things at Local 88. Very good. Hey. Thank you, Jeff, for that. Uh, David, do you have any questions or comments for the uh, special guests? Yeah. Um, I spoke about uh, the pension plan. That's a defined plan for your workers. Uh, I can answer that. We have a defined bench, uh, pension plan for all of our workers up until our last contract, and they did put DC pensions right across the big three uh, for everybody. So that started uh, four years ago, but every new hire now in the auto industry is a DC pension, but all of the people ahead of that time remain with their DB until they retire. Fantastic. Um, okay. Pensions are a big issue here in the United States. Um, our employees here were cut off from uh, the pension plan in 2007. Um, we're wondering in the future what these workers will do. Um, right now they're looking at lifetime sentences. So pensions are really huge. Um, and I imagine they are there too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, having said that, I think, David, do you have anything else? Is that it? That's pretty much it. Everything else was answered. I appreciate you guys coming on and filling us in. And I wish the best for you, and I hope that you do get a product there that sustains your plant and gives more people um, an opportunity to work in Canada. Thank okay. you. Okay, fellas. I uh, want to thank you for coming on behalf of your membership and reporting to the listeners of our show. And uh, I hope, uh, and we all hope, every last one of us, hope that you do well in the outcome of your negotiations and your ongoing strike. And as we can, we will, uh, assistance we're able. Uh, also, if you want to come back on the show at any time, you know how to you know, reach us, uh, please just let us know, uh, especially after you get a... Uh, agreement you want to come on and explain it uh, as you would you know obviously explain it to your own members first but if you want to explain it to the rest of us I would be happy to have you back on so uh, thanks for coming on fellas we really appreciate it brothers a lot all right thank you very much thank you very much also bye okay have a good night yeah, I'll bye. put you back in. thank you bye. okay Dave and Jeff, they got they got their hands full up there in Canada. I'll tell you, they've lost a vehicle up there, and they're trying to maintain job security and implant uh, work rules, improve those, and get some financial benefit out of all of this. So uh, we wish them the very best. We really do. Uh, so I want to thank them again, uh, the two brothers. Those, again, uh, Dan Borthwick. And that's president of Local Union Unifor, Local Union 88, and bargaining chair Mike Van Bokel. Uh, we really appreciate him coming on tonight. So uh, much appreciated, brothers. Okay, uh, Jeff, if you want to start back in, unless you you guys got any more comments uh, on that, uh, Jeff, you have any more? They they definitely have their hands full, right? Um, I know there's a trying to end the uh, right-to-work rules in the United States, part of the renegotiating of NAFTA. That puts um, Canada at a very disadvantage because we have so many states here with right-to-work, especially here in Michigan. Um, So they do have their hands full. Yeah. Yeah, David, do you have any comments just generally? Yeah. Um, here in the United States, the two-tier uh, wage system um, puts a terrible burden on us and also the workers in Canada. That also creates an unlevel playing field for those workers as well as us. And I hope the Canadian government and the uniform will continue to 
stands our ground um, in regards to our right to work laws. Um, we need to do we need to do away with that here, and as well as the uh, to care wage schedules. Um, after negotiations in 2015, Dennis Williams um, he had promised to um, address the issue of to care wages. And his first order of business was um, Cindy Estrada was to go down to Hammond, Indiana, and negotiate another bad agreement that put 40% of their workers at risk and 60% of them at advantage. Although the 40% can ascend to um, the in progression program. Um, we don't really know how many ever did or ever will. Um, and now we have unlimited amounts of temporary workers. And that all needs to end. So yes, I have it does. To... Yes, it does need to end. And, you know, we feel largely uh, that this whole dead peasants insurance has contributed to the greed of the corporations and the government needs to get its nose into this as well because they're not getting uh, a tax bite out of a lot of money. When you turn CEO like Mark Fields of Ford into $858 million, that's nearly a billion dollars in his pension fund. He'd have to work, uh, I think it was 34.2 years, pay every penny into his pension plan and never pay a penny of tax in order to get that much money. And he was making $22.1 million. He'd have to do that for 38 years, a little over, or 34 years, a little over 34 years in order to uh, get that much money. This is uh, unconscionable. And for those uh, that might be wondering what happened to him, three weeks, 21 days to the day that we spoke about that on the Capitol steps of the Michigan Capitol, Mark Fields was fired by Ford. We don't know the exact reason why, but this is a big thing to come public. And believe me, he's not the only one out there with these sort of retirement benefits. And if you look back from 2000 and watch the stock price go to nothing of General Motors and wonder why it did that, you might have the answer in what we just discussed. So they got to stop being so greedy and give a little bit around now, uh, to the rest of the uh, community. I posted on this page that you're all, most of you are watching or listening to the show on. There's a uh, chart of velocity of money on that page. The chart since about 2000 has gone at about a 45 degree angle straight, straight down. And that's uh, in the United States, and it's also in the face of some $8 trillion of quantitative easing being infused into the economy to mask the job loss that was going on since 2000. And you all know who was president in 2000. Okay, so, and it's just continued on. The corporations have just got that much greed. Uh, now they want, the Fed wants to sell a lot of what they bought. So there's $4.5 trillion that's still in their inventory. They want to sell it. That's going to take more velocity of money uh, and have that go down even further, and they'll take uh, money out of the system, so the velocity of money will go down even further. Uh, so this is not a pretty picture, and we need to be strong negotiators as we go forward against these corporations and the greed that they've had. But they have got to get up off of some of this money and start putting it into the system, or they're not going to have a marketplace to sell their vehicles. It's that simple. Uh, and they uh, they just need to start doing that like yesterday. But I don't, I'm sure they don't get it yet. But if you look at that chart that's on, on the page for this radio show on our website, just look down, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see that chart. It is not a pretty chart. And that's in the face of $8 trillion being infused in the corp into the, 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 our economy here. So just be aware of that. 
with everyone. So, uh, having said that, okay, uh, Jeff, if you want to go ahead and uh, do about the first half of Article 6, and we'll try and wrap it up around 8 o'clock, if that's all right with you. We'll, you'll, uh, with the uh, special guests this evening, uh, uh, David and I won't have a full report. We'll just uh, go with uh, Jeff's series uh, number four on the UAW Constitution. Jeff, you want to take it away? Sure. Um, we just read Article 2, uh, Article 6, Section 2A. Now, I want to make a statement on this. There's one sentence in here that says, uh, uh, a member who wishes to request to join the UAW must promise to abide, to abide by all laws, rules, and regulations and of the Constitution of the International. Uh, my opinion is that we have a lot of in leadership, a lot of people in leadership who are failing to follow the rules and regulations in our Constitution. Um, it's not hard to see. You do it out in the open. And um, in my local, I crack them every time we try to go outside the Constitution or local bylaws. Um, we are still having problems with our elections. So, okay. Let me go down to uh, Section 2B. Notwithstanding any other provisions in this Constitution, applicants working for unorganized employers or in those units not yet under the jurisdiction of a UAW local union may become members of the International Union directly by signing an application for membership in a form approved by the International Executive Board and by the payment of a sum of $1 or such other amount determined by the International Executive Board. For the initiation fees and dues, once a local union is, tra is chartered in or awarded jurisdiction over the unit in which such member is working, he, she shall be automatically become members of that local union. Um, section 3, notwithstanding any other provisions of this Constitution, whenever an international officer or international representative is a member of the local union which is disbanded or goes out of existence or those charters is revoked, said officer or international representative may apply for membership another local union in the same region. If accepted as a member a membership action in such local union, the international officer or international representative shall be considered to have remained in continuous good standing in the international union during a period between the secession of the existing existence of his or her original local union and his or her acceptance by the leadership of the new local union. Section 4, upon acceptance of the application, member, membership shall date from the first day of the month for which dues are paid or dues checkoff is authorized. Section 5, applications for membership rejected by the local union shall not be reconsidered until 30 days after have elapsed. Section 6, unless waived by the local union or year of the unliable local, any candidate failing to represent him or herself for initiation within four weeks after notification of his or her acceptance to membership without good and specific reason being given shall forfeit all the money paid by him or her. Section 7. The original application signed by each member shall be retained electronically, and this is new language, by the local union for its record. An electronic record of that official receipt shall be retained by the local union information system. This electronic record should be made available to the International Union. A receipt shall be given to the member 
electronic record of receipt retained by the local union. Okay, number eight. No new member will be recorded at the international office, nor will initiation fee or per capita tax be accepted for new members until a monthly report is received from the financial secretary of the local union. And the new member information has been entered into the local union information system. You can stop me anytime, guys. <laughs> uh, section 9, any local union or international union trial committee expelling any member for cause shall, shall notify the international secretary treasurer and later and the later shall notify all local unions of this fact or within. A person who has been suspended or expelled by any local union or international union trial committee shall not be eligible for membership in any other local union until all claims and charges against such person has been satisfactorily settled with local union or international trial committee suspending or expelling the written notice to disaffect furnished by a local union to which such person seeks admission. Um, section 10. No member shall be allowed to hold membership in more than one local union of the international union at the same time, except by permission of the International Executive Board. No member of the union who is fully employed in one workplace under the jurisdiction of the UAWSL shall accept work in any other workplace under the jurisdiction of the UAW. Any member violating this section may be subject to charge of conduct unbecoming a member. The above shall not apply in cases where members of a local union or automated local who are conducting an authorized strike and have received written approval from the local union officers to, to obtain employment elsewhere. Okay, Jeff, that's uh, that's the first ten sections of Article Six. Uh, that's about half. Uh, if uh, mm -hmm. you'd like to take a little break there and, and finish this uh, last ten out uh, next week. And then maybe even, uh, let's see how long, seven's pretty short. Maybe try and do seven, uh, the last second half of six and seven next week, if that'd be all right with you. That'd be fine with me. Okay, that'd be good. Uh, I think that's good for the listeners as well. It, it gets pretty tedious. This is, uh, you know, uh, constitutional language, and it, it has a lot of uh, nuances in it. Uh, and the slightest little thing can impact another portion of the Constitution and have an un uh, unintended consequence. So when you write these resolutions, you must be very, very careful. Careful. I, we recently saw a resolution someone wrote that literally would decimate about 40% of the entire UAW if it was implemented. And everybody's touting it as some great document. Be careful. Be careful when you start writing things and you don't fully understand the unintended consequences. You really have to understand the entire Constitution. That's why we're going through this, so that everybody understands it. Even though you have a basic knowledge of it, you still may not understand all the nuances that can be related to other articles. So you must be very careful when you write these. And uh, it needs to be vetted by, you know, people that understand the Constitution beyond just the, the, the rhetoric that's uh, being sent out there by some people at the moment. So uh, this is serious stuff, and it affects all of us, and we can't do things that destroy 40% of our union. So just a word to the wise for how resolutions need to be handled. Uh, so um, uh, also, 
Uh, Jeff, did you see anything yourself that might need attention as being changed in the first half of uh, Article 6? Did you see anything? Just the case is the electronic record of the official receipt um, being retained by the local union member. Uh, right, that right. That's a change that came in the last ONCON. But is there anything that you see yeah. now that should be addressed as a change in the 18, 2018 convention? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, in, um, in our what, yeah. Um, okay. They must abide by all laws, rules, and regulations of the Constitution of the International Union. Um, we have seen time and time again where local, international leadership has violated these. That yeah. needs to be strictly enforced at, right. at, at all levels. And, right. um, but does it need to be changed? You're, you're happy with the way it's written now and it just needs to be enforced is what you're saying, right? Yeah, I'm happy with the way okay. it's written. They just need to be enforced a hell of a lot better. I got it. And I believe our leadership team. We've been in a you know a number of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, efforts regarding the enforcement of proper uh, laws and et cetera. Uh, and of course, you're you know most of the people are familiar with your uh, very public issue. But there's been a couple others as well uh, that aren't aren't quite as public. So uh, that it truly does need to be administered uh, in a, uh, a better way. Uh, and I can I can tell you, there's a few people right now that uh, really need to take heed of this uh, uh, first half of Article Six. So. Uh, having said that, David, do you have anything in the first half of Article 6 that you think needs to be changed? Um, no, I'm in agreement with Jeff. Um, he pretty much covered what I had on my mind in regards to it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's an important issue, and I believe the team, we've discussed this a couple, you know, number of times, not just a couple, about the, the proper enforcement of the Constitution. Uh, as it is written, and it's just simply not being done in many cases, uh, and then being glazed over and then rubber-stamped by uh, academics that should know better. Uh, and we won't go in any further than that. Uh, of course, we've called them out uh, by name in the past. So, uh, But having said that, I uh, want to invite anybody that has an interest in... Uh, any portion of the Constitution that you believe needs to be changed, but we're going to focus on the second half of Article 6 and Article 7 for next week. So if you have any idea that you have something that might be uh, subject to change, please email us at workingforaliving at workingforaliving with your thoughts. Uh, we're all available uh, on Facebook uh, and uh, you may contact, you know, obviously Jeff or David or myself and those uh, around you that are in leadership that you know. Uh, just because we don't out them publicly doesn't mean that you don't know that they're out there privately in your plant uh, or your work facility, better off, better said. Uh, so uh, if you know of anybody and you have anything you'd like to see changed or addressed uh, in any way in in the second half of Article 6 and Article 7 going forward. Uh, and then we'll, as we get into the rest of the Constitution, uh, we'll uh, call for suggestions, but also we, we, we will let you know if we have some suggestions on the balance of the Constitution in advance. We'll tell you whether we think there's some things that need to be changed and we have it, uh, written those up. Uh, but you're, you're obviously welcome to contact us with any of those and with any other questions you might have. Uh, you know, so and some ask you, some of you ask us to keep those private, and we do, but we we uh, do address them in our own way, mostly to the positive end. So thank you for participating. Those in, you know who you are. Uh, having said that, um, uh, 
let's uh, start to wind the show up because it is 7.59. We said we try and keep it to 8 o'clock. So, Jeff, do you have anything to say in addition to what's gone on tonight? Or any um, comment on any, anything? You know. Go ahead. Not off the top of my head, but I'll probably think of it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you might want to, you know, consider thanking the guys when they, you know, the brothers from Canada. Yeah, they they did a good job. I I appreciate them taking time and coming up to tell us their story. And, um, we, they did a nice job. We support them. Yeah, yeah we support yes, them hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, okay, David, do you have anything at all? Yeah. Um. I know we don't like to talk about politics a lot on this show. Um, from time to time we do. Um, in the announcements you spoke about Peter Robb. Um, he has been nominated by President Number 45 to um, take the position um, that he's been um, nominated for. Should he be confirmed. The spell is going to cause damage. This is a four-year term. It's going to cause some damage to some folks. And I know there's a lot of folks out there who voted for Republicans because emails were more important. And those emails are going to seem so very far distance in importance when the spell gets done with four years in office. Should he actually be confirmed? We really need to consider what we do when we walk into the polls and vote against our own interests. That's all I have to say, Larry. Okay, thank you, David. I I echo that. Uh, <laughs> you uh, hit a hit it right on the head. Uh, when we vote certain ways. There are people out there that are known to be against us, and we need to consider that our enemies are out there, and they're vicious in every way. I went to a meeting a little over a year ago where they attempted to take the microphone right out of my hand. It was full of people with $2,500 suits. I'm telling you, we got real enemies out there. I'm pretty formidable. They didn't take no microphone out of my hand or somebody had a broken arm. Literally. But they're out there, and they were there that day in mass. And it was supposed to be a bipartisan effort. Anytime somebody spoke up for the working class, they tried to rip the microphone out of my hand. And that's witnessed by an AFL union brother that I have a great deal of respect for. And he'll verify that anytime you want to ask him. So they're out there. Uh, as Jeff did, I would like to take a second to thank the leadership of local union. 88 from Unifor for coming on the show this evening. We're honored to have President Don Borthwick and Bargaining Chair Mike Van Bokel on our show this evening. Again, we want to extend an invitation to them come back anytime they want to, especially if they get a tentative agreement after they've notified their members and they care to share their uh, successes uh, with the listeners of this show. So, uh, we are doing real cool stuff here for you listeners, and we hope you appreciate it. And tell just one other person if you found value in this show this evening. Tell just one other. Okay. I want to thank all the listeners around the world for listening in. Uh, thanks to our brothers and sisters in Canada, those on strike there especially, our brothers and sisters in the auto industry in, in Mexico, all of our sisters and brothers 
across the United States in local unions from California to Maine, from Florida to Montana, as they say. Uh, we'd like to uh, wish you have a safe week upcoming, and we will see you again October 1st. That's uh, a week from tonight. And hopefully you'll have some input on our uh, guests this evening that you uh, want to email in. Our, again, our email address is workingforliving at workingforliving. So I will say good night to David and Jeff, and good night to listeners. Good night. Good night, good night everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.